what happens when you achieve your dream? When you climb that mountain, when you scale a multi-million dollar business, when you have everything that the world says that you should have, and when you've done everything that the world says is important and validating and that you should be proud of, it is very rare that we have a guest come back on for an encore episode. But when Tirza Shirai suggested that she come back on as the projector in me, I felt that invitation with a wholehearted hell yes. Not only because her episode, episode 30, I believe it was, back when our podcast was called The Princess and the Bee, has been one of the most downloaded episodes in our history of the podcast. We recorded it back in 2019. And it was entitled, it was like episode 30, and it was entitled From Zero to 30 Million in a Blink, all about how Tirza founded and grew Blink Bar from a tiny little pop-up in her apartment to a $30 million business in less than five years. If you've been listening to the podcast for a hot minute, you know that I have referenced that episode so many times because I listened and had the privilege of interviewing Tirza on, I believe it was her first podcast. And from that, I took every recommendation, every tool, every book that she said to implement. And I did. And in 2020 was when we doubled our gross income and we tripled our profit. Tirza's journey as an entrepreneur started out like most of us with less than $1,000 to her name. And Blink Bar was started out of pure necessity after she hit a lull in paychecks as an award-winning film director. And then being able to have the tenacity and the skill set to grow a $30 million business in five years, it came from her ability to tell a story and paint a big vision and develop a strategy to get it there. Tirza experienced growing from almost nothing in a childhood of poverty to a quick rise of amazing successes in both the business and film world. And this put her in rooms of other high achievers who were hustling their way to a dream. And it was through that proximity that she realized that most successful people who we see on Instagram or in Forbes or Fortune or Entrepreneur who seem to be living their best life are not actually feeling their best life. The difference that she saw between those who were happy and those who weren't wasn't the business that they had built, whether it was 30 million or 100 million or a billion, but who they became, who they were while they did it. And that's her next mountain that she is scaling. She has committed to changing the world to make abundance more available by helping others leverage the skill set that I believe is so innate within us to build and create so that we make money in a meaningful way. She's taking her business, branding, and benevolence background and turning it into an educational experience that the world has never seen before. And this podcast is going to give you some hints as to exactly why. She drops some absolute bombs on this, including some never-before-heard stories, including her COVID story of how she managed multiple locations all within California, all shut down for a year. Ooh, as a business owner of a $30 million company, that's a tough one of transformation. And yet she still says to this day, it is the best thing that ever happened. She is so grateful for that experience. And you know me and my favorite question whenever faced with an obstacle is how is this the best thing that ever happened to you? Tirza is the embodiment of the answer of how she found that for herself. And I hope that is with her testimony for possibility, for how she operates and embodies both the feminine and the masculine principles of business and life, that you can take that with you into your next evolution as you scale whatever mountain you're choosing to climb this year. It is my honor 
to have Tirza Shirai back on the podcast for her encore episode as the Venusian School of Business opens for business this year. And with that, I give you Tirza Shirai. Welcome to the Crown Yourself Podcast, where together we build your empire and transform your subconscious stories about what's possible for your business, body, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm a master mindset coach, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, known to my clients as a game changer. Each week, you get the conscious leadership strategies you need to help you reign with courage, clarity, and confidence so that you too can make the income and impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your royal invitation to step into your full potential and reign in your divine purpose. Your sovereignty starts here and your reign is now. Tirza, welcome back to your your follow-up, your recap, and this like re-emergence. I am so honored to have you on the Crown Yourself podcast. Oh my gosh, Kimberly. I am so, I feel so blessed to be here with you. It's been such an honor to watch your evolution over the past few years. So I'm so excited to get into it today. So where are you with Blink Bar today? I mean, you scaled it from zero to 30 million Mm -hmm. and now you're developing an entirely new way of, and a new school of doing business. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been quite a journey the past three years, three plus years. So basically I'll be exiting the 1st of January. Wow. I, you know, as you know, had a great run with Blink Bar and now I feel this, you know, calling really into more of my life's work. And so we've launched, it's been a three-year labor of love for me and we have launched the Venusian School of Business. It will actually launch in January and we it's an online set of courses that allow people to align with their purpose and it's really about venus right that feminine impulse coming from the planet venus that i feel we so need in the world of business and consumerism in general amen amen i mean it's it's so what what called you to to go forth and spread your knowledge in this way? Well, I would say that it called me because I was not answering the phone. I mean, I was not having it. So all of 2020, for those of you that don't know, California was completely shut down and all of our locations were in California. So my main business was completely closed. And what this course started coming in or this, this concept started coming in and I kept saying, no, I'm not picking this up, (laughs) not picking up the phone, stop calling me. And then the following year, I just couldn't stop. I mean, every dream I was having, every meditation I would sit in, it just kept coming. And so I'm not a writer, but I had to pull out my laptop and just, I wrote for a year and just started taking all of this, you know, really here's here's how I say it is really I've always been a deeply spiritual person and I've always been as you know you know highly driven and CEO and I would say up until 2020 those paths were very separate for me I had my you know meditation community and spiritual practice and then I had all my CEO friends and I would say in 2020, they collided in a way that I realized, oh, I'm never going to be able to untangle this. I'm never going to be able to pull this apart again. And I share that because what I found out doing all of the market research was not only am I not alone, but that is actually this universal experience that I think so few people are talking about that has happened for people. I mean, I have friends who've built you know, mega, mega companies, billion dollar companies who have felt this huge internal, you know, we call it pivot or revelation where there's a lack of kind of alignment happening. And so it's, you know, this conversation of, do I take what I, the business that I built now and can I pivot it? Am I on the pathway? Does it need a slight correction? Or in my case, is it something entirely different where I really have to take all of the learnings and honor all of that path and really clear the table and go, okay, this is actually a completely new, you know, a whole new chapter for me. And I know since our last interview, you became a mom. 
yes. did that play into this awakening? Cause I know for, for me, becoming a mother was the most spiritual experience I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always say that, you know, also being a business owner is such a spiritual, you know, it's an, I call it initiation. Mm -hmm. So being a mother is like the greatest initiation. So for me, these two worlds really came together and yeah, Arrow came into my life of April, April 29th of 2019. And, you know, of course it changed everything. It changed the way I felt about, you know, the direction that I was heading, the direction that the world was heading. And, you know, I, it's, it's interesting because what I started to feel was like this little twinge of like the Amazon packages would come to the front door and I would start to, you know, see, I think as a parent, and I'm sure you can relate to this, you start to see everything through their eyes. And like, mm -hmm. am I always emulating what I want them to be, what, cause we know, right. Children don't learn what you say. They learn who you are. They learn by what you do and how you show up in the world. And so it has been this incredible mirror and gift and this real revelation in my life to make these path corrections, really rethinking what does legacy mean? What does that even mean? What does, you know, what do these things, what does wealth really mean? And really through the eyes of, of Little Arrow and that generation. And what does it mean for you now? Well, so as, as I think you know, I was raised very poor. Um, and so I always, I, I remember having this huge epiphany in 2020 that I was sitting in, you know, forum, which I can share because I was the sharer. And I realized oh, I, my whole life had worked so hard to earn money, but I had conflated money with love. And so really I, I have redefined for myself and I encourage through VSB for people to take on that. We get to redefine what wealth means to us. And so for me, wealth means spending time with my son, spending time in nature, living close to the trees and to nature and really simplifying my life so I can be in alignment with like why I came to earth, what my purpose is, and to really shine that out into the world. I love the mirror of kids. I mean, having two and how different they are. I just, I, I just was, um, I found these old tapes because we digitized everything before uh, we sold my childhood home. And I saw this video of me and I had all these mannerisms. I was like, oh my gosh, that is my son. <laughs> One of them. And it was, it was bizarre. I said, oh, these things that would annoy me or challenge me. I'm like, those are those unhealed parts within myself that I have to look at through my own mirror oh, yeah. to face big time. And the challenge of like, how am I showing up on a daily basis as the example for what is possible for them? And you've already done that so successfully for your son as a business owner, modeling the power of commitment and drive and, and all of that. And now shifting into this slower flow. So how do you achieve flow? I think that that's a big, a big thing for a lot of the the type A's, the driven, the ambitious is finding that dance between a love of what you do and the work. And sometimes a love, like ideally a love for the work that you're doing and that, that pull, but also having that flow so that you have that balance and you also have that slowness. Yeah. I think that is, I think that is such a great question. And I think it's on so many people's hearts and minds right now, right? Because I think we went through this evolution of the hustle and, you know, just there was this almost honoring of like working ourselves into this real masculine, unhealed, I would say an unhealed masculine place. Mm -hmm. And I would say, obviously flow for everyone is going to show up differently. I know for myself that when I really started to tap into that more feminine impulse, the softer and bring, like you were saying, th these opportunities for healing to the table, bringing all of this in, it became an opportunity to really, really come into wholeness. With the success of Blink Bar and like the, you know, shock of 2020 that I think every business owner had. Yeah. 
making it, it's almost like that the energetically and collectively, because I saw this when I was living in Australia, that suddenly it was like the, the rug had been pulled out from under them. Like we've been taught and told this myth that if we work hard, build, 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 hustle, 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 build these businesses, that that's going to sustain us, that that's, that's worth something. And then suddenly that's completely shut down and, and taken away in essence. Yeah. What was the hardest thing for you making those leadership decisions throughout that time? Oh, well, so I'm going to share my story here for the first time. So this is, um, I have one of the craziest COVID stories when it comes to business of anyone. So we, as you know, I built Blink Bar and I really lived a very simple life in the early years, living in a one bedroom apartment. And we grew from nothing, right? A little pop-up to a $30 million company in less than five years. And that took a lot of working around the clock. It took a lot of hustle. It took a lot of, um, you know, really, really a, a, a ton of work. And I, we had investors that came along, along the way, and I turned down capital. I knew we wanted to get to the right place of growth. And so we went to market Q4 of 2019. And we had a bidding war and we had, you know, one company that took the whole round down and we were set to close our round in March of 2020. That was, it's kind of like buying a house. If you've raised capital, mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. there's a closing date. And so we'd been through everything. My whole team, we'd sat at the table, we'd negotiated everything. We'd been through all the audited financial, like all the things you go through, which are you know, really, really challenging. And I'd put so much work in. And so I was in this absolute hustle state and moving at a very fast pace. And it was like, someone just pulled on the brakes and we were never able to close the round because they legally can't invest in a company that's closed. And no one knew early on, it was going to be a full year that we would be closed. So that, you know, obviously was very painful. It was incredibly just disorienting. And it was the greatest thing to ever happen to me. Like if I could go back and change that, I never would. Because I realized that the treadmill that I was on, you know, we were going to open 50 locations across the U.S. And I can say today that even though I'm so, so grateful for all the gifts and learnings and people that I met, Blink Bar was not was no longer at that point in time in alignment with my highest and best self, like why I came to earth. And it was for a chapter, right? I like to talk about it like a toenail, right? For there's a, there's a real period of time where a toenail is like so relevant. And then there's a point where you have to make those hard decisions and you have to cut and you have to go, okay, this is no longer relevant. And I think that facing that is one of the hardest things I've ever been through because I didn't make the decisions that the outside world would have made, right? They may not have made sense. And, you know, there, there was so much to navigate uh, along the way, especially having a business in California. So yes, there was decisions that had to be made every day. And it's really interesting looking back and saying, man, I'm so grateful. What an absolute gift that was, right? And it has allowed me to, to correct that flow, to correct that pacing, and to really finally align with why I came here in the first place. Mm. And you keep saying why I came here in the first place, and that you know there's a reason why you are incarnated. Do you what is that what is that reason for you? Yeah, I love that question. I feel like I love business. You know, I think we share that. Like, I love yeah. the process of creating and being a visionary and seeing things, something that, you know, it's it's much like birthing, right? Like you you have this child, you watch them grow. And I see the business process in the same way, very spiritual. So I'm I'm a huge fan of business and building. And I think what we need right now more than anything is to see the heart-led entrepreneurs, the mothers, the healers step forward in their gifts in business those people that may not have felt like business is the right path for them, right? They feel like they don't really get marketing. They don't want to be on social media. And so that's my purpose is to really help 
bridge that gap between those people that the world needs their gifts. They need that. They, I, I say they have medicine that the world needs to bring forward right now. And so that is my gift is to help facilitate that bridge. When you look at building a brand, what do you, how do you think? Like what, what, what's your thought process when you see a brand that may or may not be in alignment or may the, the business owner may not feel an integrity with what they're selling. What's your process of, of looking at that and being able to bridge that gap? So, so you mean through the, like through the formation of it, or if I was, you know, sitting in a business that was no longer relevant to me? Um, let's, let's say, start with the formation of it. Formation. Yeah. So I would say I, I always, you know, encourage people to start with the formation of the business from your genius, right? What were you put here to do? Why did you come and incarnate on earth? Because then it's not going to feel like work anymore. And from there, um, because I believe, I think I kind of kick up the dust a little because I believe that why you came here can always bring you abundance in your life. It's never, you have to compromise and work away for someone else to build their dream. I think there's always a reason that we're, that we um, have that passion because it it is directly tied to our shadow and our abundance, our golden shadow. So I think um, when I think about branding, I obviously look at, okay, what are people willing to pay for? What, what, what does, what is needed out there in the world? And then I think it's all about tapping into the story, your story, being vulnerable, being personal and putting yourself out there. So, I mean, you've been on Good Morning America talking about lashes, but like, what's that feeling that you felt? Did you feel like just slightly missing the mark or? I felt, I felt so honored and so excited to be there. And I felt, you know, really amazed at this like beautiful business blink bar. And I also was like, I want to be talking about deeper things. I want to be talking about things that are in my heart that are so meaningful to me. And so, you know, you're torn. You're like, this is incredible. This is like the little girl in me, you know, good morning, America. They called us, they flew out, they featured the salon. So there's this enormous amount of gratitude and this sense of like, wow, this is a moment. Right. And also at the same time, wow, this realization and just honoring, Hey, there's also so many more things that I want to share that I want to contribute to the world. And yeah, I think in a post 2020 world, so many people feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, a thousand percent. I've seen it across countries. They've been awakened to a deeper level of connection within themselves and I am mean, I'm seeing live events come back in droves of like this desire because we didn't have that. We now have gratitude for coming together in community, in connection, like in real life rather than where it was be, you know, virtual events and that's fun. And people had like the zoom hangovers were real. Yeah. <laughs> so real. <laughs> it's like, please do not another zoom call. Yeah. It's real. <laughs> so what do you wish you had said no to more? You know, I don't know that I have any regrets. Like I feel, I feel like I did a good job at balancing and I also feel like I did a good job at transitioning out of that and realizing, oh, that's no longer, it's almost like an outfit, right? Like one point you're like, this is my favorite outfit. I love this outfit. And then you're like, yeah, it doesn't really fit me anymore. I don't feel, I can't move my arms in it the way I used to. And so that's what I would say. Yeah. I, I love that concept of the outfit. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, with different iterations of the body and how things change and, and whatnot, sometimes some styles, some outfits, those aren't the fashion for you anymore, necessarily. Like they may have been at one point, but yeah, for me, that Amber Crombie style is never going to work right. again. <laughs> and it doesn't make the, the outfit that was once relevant, doesn't make yeah. it it doesn't make it bad. It just makes it, it's like, I like to say the grace has lifted. Yeah, that's beautiful. You have had the balance of the masculine drive and the feminine flow. How do you know when you are out of integrity with that balance where you're too hard on the feminine or you're too heavy on the masculine? 
I mean, I think it really is a, a yoga, right? It's a spiritual yoga. I will find myself constantly, you know, flowing between. And so this analogy that came to me was like the masculine and the feminine in life and in business, right? Because they're not separate. They're like two wings of a bird. And so if, you, if you're missing one wing, you, you can't fly. <laughs> so you need to have both of them. So I'll notice I have my own. I think everyone has their own. Like I'll be, you know, rushing too much or working too hard or picking up my phone too much when I'm moving into that unhealed masculine, right? The unhealed feminine impulse. And so when they're out of balance... I know exactly how they show up in my life, right? When I am too imbalanced in the feminine, I feel, you know, very different than I do when I'm imbalanced. But I will say I tend just my type A that's like, I like to say I'm a recovering type A. Same and here. Yeah. I feel like that part of me, you know, will will show up more often. I tend to, uh, I have a tendency to more gravitate towards my unhealed masculine part, which yeah. I- work hard, you know, and even so much of it is authentic. I get really excited about things and really want to like, you know, put all the effort and work into that. And there's a new honoring of like my energy levels, my body, where I'm at, am I resting? Am I really tapping into that like greater source that is available, um, that is unavailable when we're kind of rushing and moving around so much? I completely resonate with that, especially with just my own past year, couple year journey and coming after moving two times in one year and starting a second business, my body this summer just completely was like, no, we're done. Like we're, we want to rest. We want to have time and we want to slowness. And meanwhile, my mind was going, but there's all these other things that you need to be doing. And you just started a second business and you know, what are you doing? And it was, it was the, there was a lot of deep healing of that masculine, inse- that insecure masculine need for the hustle to prove yourself the the goals. And yet there still is that dance that must be done because I've seen a lot of business owners get trapped, especially women get trapped in their feminine so much so that they're not looking at their P&Ls. They're not, they're not looking at, they're not building structure into their days or having discipline with doing the things that actually move the needle. Absolutely. And that's where I saw a lot of this kind of like airy, fairy, feminine kind of business stuff out there. And people I know who'd taken those courses were like, yeah, now I'm just kind of floating out here. There's no grounding. There's no metrics. There's no funnels. There's no structure. And so I could not agree with that more. And so I think as individuals, as human beings, we all, regardless of if we're in a, you know, male or female body, we tend to gravitate and find, we we tend to be more comfortable in one than the other. And generally we'll find our business and our purpose take off when we put a little focus on the other one. And if we're not in the place in our business, right? Like traction where we can hire our other, if we're in startup mode, then we do have to balance that. But it's also knowing, hey, I love to live in my feminine and flow as that visionary role. So bringing in the integrator at that right time is, is, you know, also a way to support that. Yes. Yes. A thousand percent because the support of that integrator is so essential. And I will say that traction, when you recommended that in 2019, like I bought every book that you recommended. (laughs) <laughs> 15 commitments of conscious leadership, still one of my faves. Traction, I, we just implemented it. And I was in a mastermind and I brought the book to them. I said, guys, we're all going to work on this. <laughs> on that. Yeah. yeah. It's, still, it's still my you know business Bible for sure. I think you can apply a spiritual lens to that mm-hmm. and really, really get a lot out of it because it's such a great framework. And really, when you look at, oh, this is the more feminine role and this is the more masculine role and you know, n- knowing kind of that visionary, when you're in that visionary role, I think it's, yeah, very, very applicable. Yeah. And energy flows from the feminine to the masculine. So like that visionary is essential. It's just, she hasn't been necessarily revered in 
typical systems and structures for a while. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing because we are, you know, the, the lights are coming on for humanity and we're kind of remembering these things. So in ancient temple cultures, the feminine would really sit in these temples and they would birth in the temples and they would really download all of this information and they would get visions and they would then like the Oracle of Delphi, for example, and they would get these visions and then they would bring them to the men to build, go build this, right? So that is totally the traction model, but a very different like temple culture. But this is how we've always like that connection and bringing it, birthing it through the divine feminine into, okay, go build this. And now in this epoch, it's really about having the Oracle having those two with it reside within one organization and one being as well, like on a, on a personal level. I love that explanation. And I've always thought of business as, as very much the birthing process. Cause I started really started growing my business yeah. when I birthed my son. And that experience was just also the revelation that what it is that you want and to create your goals your KPIs, they're working just as hard to get to you as you are to get to them. Yes, I love that. And so many women I'll find, even very, very successful women that I work with, there will be that imbalance. So they will find, oh, my unhealed masculine, actually, even though I built this, you know, $100 million company, this unhealed masculine container is missing. So my feminine can't actually flow and it can't actually be creative. And it doesn't feel like it has the support within my organization and within my being. And so just bringing in that support, that structure helps the feminine be able to even flow and birth like more and more through the world. With freedom, you have to have the structure. <laughs> like they simultaneously go together. And when I see entrepreneurs who want to have that sense of freedom, but then they just like fling themselves off the cliff with a, with a backpack, hoping yeah. that they're going to get to their destination, they land pretty hard. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Having that support structure of, of a plane of a jet around them to get them to that destination gets, it gets you there. Yeah. If you think of it as, as, climbing to the top of a mountain, right? You wouldn't embark on this journey without the proper training, the proper skills, the proper food, the proper, you know, provisions to make your way up there. So yeah, we can't, you know, I, I also like we touched on manifesting mm -hmm. and I think one of the thing, the pieces that's really missing in, you know, the manifesting world is it's not just about bringing something into our orbit, right? Oh, great. I can manifest this new car or this dream partner, but it's actually growing our light body, um, which is almost like a frequency that can hold those things that can hold on to them and be nourished by them and nourish them. So there, I think that there's a missing link in the manifestation kind of new age conversation which is this ability to hold on to. And, you know, the beauty in that is that those are investments we make that we take with us from lifetime to lifetime. Hmm. What would it be some investments of, like that that you've made for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think really it is, you know, we live in a culture that is, you know, so beautifully trying to convince us at every turn that our purpose is to consume. Our purpose is to, you know, sit there and watch a television every night, right? And to just completely um, abandon ourselves to remind us that we need to return to the self, right? To return to, to that and to show up for ourselves. So I would say like the way that the light body grows in frequency, number one, business is perfect for really it's, it's moving through fear. So not abandoning ourselves and removing fear and not like you said, jumping into the middle of nowhere with no parachute, right? It's really learning to have through having a grounded nervous system move through the fear, challenge those things every single day, do something different, do something that scares you a little bit, 
and that light body will continue to grow. So our society tells us, oh, invest in, you know, buying these objects and in commercials, but the real investment that we want to make even beyond, you know, money in the bank account is into our light bodies because our light body is actually what we take with us from lifetime to lifetime. What better investment is that? And so the way that the light body grows is through removing fear, through challenging our fear and through rising. You touched on the golden shadow mm-hmm. and the shadow. So can you go a little bit more in depth on that? Yeah. I've never heard it framed as the golden shadow. Yeah, it's something I love so much. So obviously a lot of us are familiar with the dark shadow, doing our shadow work, which is absolutely important and a beautiful thing to do where we're reintegrating those kind of darker hidden parts of ourselves that we project out on the world. And the golden shadow is the complete opposite of that, but it's something that nobody is talking about. So the golden shadow is like an exercise I love to do with people is for them to, you know, make a list of the three people that either have businesses or lives that they, you know, if, if I could wave a magic wand, that that would be their life, right? They love these things. And it's almost like bordering on jealousy, right? Like, oh, I wish I had that. That's, that's ideal for me. And then through this process, you write down in detail, what is it exactly about that person's life, right? Is it that they have this amazing marriage or this amazing business and get really specific? And then we revisit that list and go, hey, welcome to your golden shadow, right? I don't look at a, a basketball player and go, that's my golden shadow because I'm 5'4 on a good day, right? So that is not why I came here. These golden shadows, they show us where we are taking our light and we're placing it out on someone else in the world. And so through working with our golden shadow, we're actually taking those pieces back and we're integrating them and owning them and saying, oh, that's a piece of me that I'm placing out there that I'm not integrating into my, and those are also the parts that make our light body grow. And how do we integrate them? We integrate them by grounding. Like I can't overstate a a grounded nervous system is so, so, so important. So really nourishing. And that's where the bringing in the feminine and slowing down, right, is so, so important. Yeah. And you're, you are such a beautiful proponent of a slower life, a slower pace, which is so surprising considering the size of businesses that you've built. What level of what I call like plagiarized programming did you have to go through to get to that level like when you first started blink bar were you operating at a faster pace I mean you mentioned hustle and kind of going at it when you were in your one bedroom apartment so being able to to move forward from that but when when did it when did the scale tip um as far as like moving away from hustle into Mm -hmm. a more I mean, definitely when Arrow came along, I mean, it was kind of this perfect storm when COVID happened or when 2020 happened, Arrow was nine months old, right? So it was kind of this perfect storm of these things coming together and being a forced to slow down, right? I think so many people were forced to just come crashing, like complete, just the world shut down, right? So we were faced to have that look at ourselves. And for me, it meant getting really real about what really makes me happy. And I think, you know, you said, um, you know, building Blink Bar, how did that? Well, it's because I built, right? It's because the little girl that thought, oh, if I earn enough, if I have enough accolades, then I'm going to be happy because I thought, oh, those people are happy. But when you work your way up and you actually are in the 1%, right? You're on, you're in the private clubs, you're on the private planes. And you really take that look of discernment around and you go, these people aren't happy. They're not fulfilled, right? And so we get into this thing in VSB where we talk about with Venusian School of Business, where we talk about wealth poverty, because that's also something that we don't talk about, right? So for me, it was sobriety, like, you know, the sobriety of looking around me and going, these people are not happy. I put my ladder on the wrong wall, right? I climbed the wrong mountain. And so a lot of my work is now really making sure um, that 
the mountain that people are climbing, is that the mountain that you want to climb? Because you'll get there, you'll work hard, you'll set the goals, and you'll get to the top of that mountain. But let's make sure it's the mountain that you want to climb. And and you've pivoted careers a few times from being a film director into that. So, and same here of just those, those constant little pivots uh, of reassessing what mountain is you're climbing. And I remember when I, when I first had my first feature film that I co-wrote, like distributed, and I was like, why am I only 90% fulfilled? Like I dream come true 24. And that's when I pivoted into e-com and into building that. So looking at making sure that that mountain, and do we ever know if, until we get to the top of that mountain, if that's really the mountain, uh, like on the way up, is there any signal to say like, hey, maybe you want to switch switch ladders, try another mountain? Yeah. Because it seems to me like, at least in my experience and, and from what my perception has been, that once you get to the point where you achieve that dream, that suddenly it's, there's, okay, I, I need a new mountain. I think, you know, a lot of, it shows up for everyone differently, but I would say, you know, a lot of chronic pain, tiredness, feeling um, depressed, you know, Mm -hmm. feeling unfulfilled. Um, All of these point to something that could have very well been, you know, there were times for me that for sure, like I was in alignment, but then also, you know, it's a yoga. So recognizing, oh, here are all the signs that I'm no longer in alignment, right? I'm really being, you know, And I think what is so unique for our generation is that this path is so new and it hasn't been paved. And so we get to be the pioneers of redefining things like wealth and legacy and female leadership. And what does wealth look like for you now? Yeah, wealth is so such a beautiful word to me now. I mean, it really is the people I'm surrounded with, the nature I get to see every day. It's being in true alignment with, you know, what I was put here to do and simplifying my life, right? I I have known so many people who live in $30 million prisons and they're unhappy. And so I really am on this quest to just strip away everything. And it doesn't mean I'm anti any of that, right? I think if you want that car, you want that house or you want, you should have that. That's a part of your journey, Right. Um, but really tapping into, like you said, is building this film, is building this thing actually what I want? And is it actually going to make me happy? And I think that takes tapping into some really fundamental questions early on that can really serve you as you climb that mountain. What are the structures that you have in place now? What are those, those banks to your river of, of flow that ensure that you're climbing that mountain? that is the one that's in most in alignment with where you are now. Yeah. I mean, definitely my son, you know, spiritual practice, having, you know, sleep, like my, I need like eight to 10 hours of sleep every night. Um, You know, I know for sure I'm off balance when I find myself in a day eating like a stick of, you know, beef jerky and something else. So really eating those warm, nourishing meals that I'm cooking, those are things for me that I've put in place. Okay, you know, one day of kind of things getting off track, but really, you know, I have found this. For me personally, this transition where I used to hire people to clean my house and to do these things, and I felt very disconnected um, in 2020, when I was stuck in my house, you know, from from these things. And so I've really been on this mission to change the idea of housework to home care. And so my son and I will like care for our home. And I think it's just, it doesn't mean I don't hire someone to clean my house from time to time. It means that there's a legacy that I want to pass on to my son, that it's an honor to be a steward of these things and to care for the things that we own, the things in our home, right? As opposed to this like thing where we just hire it off to someone and we're very disconnected from our environment and the the things that we do own, the things that we've chosen to bring into our life. Mm, I love the reframe from housework to home care because there is, I think of of monks 
and the the tasks that they have of just cleaning the floors or those things that those are their their communal contributions to their space to their sacred space where they're showing reverence for the property for the the this plot of land that we've been blessed with and being able to think of it in terms of of how do we have reverence and i think that that's that's something that i have seen come up more and more is it a need for reverence for the processes i i love that you just said that word cuz that is my word and it's the number one thing i think is missing so i just yeah I, the word reverence i think in raising a child and in the world i think reverence is what's needed and so yeah that's i love that you just used that word <laughs> what's the opposite of reverence absolute disconnection right absolute disconnection from from what we have and where we are and just taking everything around us for granted right the amazon box that shows up at the front door right is for me almost the antithesis of reverence so it doesn't make it wrong i still order things on amazon right i'm not living in some fairyland but I do recognize that there is a lack of reverence in that. How can we bring more reverence to the minutia pieces that come with building a business? Yeah, I think it's taking that for me personally, it is moving out of hustle and into the heart. So when we move from hustle and from speed and really from just exclusively in our heads in drop into the heart, that's where reverence resides. There's so much de-armoring sometimes around the heart of the need to deeply, deeply care for that which you're doing. Because there's all, sometimes there's, and I, I know I've experienced this on my business building journey, the fear of caring so much that it could be taken away or go away. Like this, that's how I definitely felt after um, being bought out of my e-commerce company. And that was the fear that it, could be taken away prevented me from really deeply investing in the care for my customers. And I would just pass it off, delegate it. But that, that de-armoring had to, to start. And it's really started with my son. Like he just stripped me bare. <laughs> yeah. Cause unlike our businesses, right? Like I, I can, you know, I, I lived through that, right. This, mm -hmm. this situation where everything I built was taken away. It was like completely just mm -hmm. hit the pause button for one year. Right. Yeah. But our children take that to a whole other level because here is this thing. And in all the love, there's always that, but what if, right. This, this like little whisper in the background. Right. And it's this recognition. I think it is calling us into what I think is missing more than anything in this, in the spiritual or in the business world is just this acknowledgement that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and we own nothing, right? Not our children. We own there. Everything has is going to pass through. Right. And so being able to show up fully is a strength of the heart to be able to say, yeah, I'm going to put everything into this business. I'm going to put everything into this relationship and acknowledging that all of these things will have a life cycle. And it really helps to strip away that, that fear of the life cycle ending and yeah. being able to, to see that. Like, I think that was the greatest gift of the past couple of years for me, especially having lost so many family members and a couple of friends, like five people in two years, that suddenly there was a massive reverence that I had for like, we don't, we don't get to take anything with us except for ourselves and our soul and what we've built up. So what do we want to pass, pass on and leave behind? Yeah. And that, that really is, you know, a big part of my work is this redefining legacy, right? We always think of legacy in this masculine way, which is beautiful and important, but there is a whole feminine component missing. It's exactly what you just said, right? This idea of like, what are we passing on to our children as far as how we live our lives, what we invest in? Um, and I think there, you know, we as cultures have lost so much of our handiwork, right? People don't work with their hands anymore um, besides being on computers, right? So there's been in, in all of these different cultures, we've lost a lot of our 
you know, I, it's interesting. We talked about home care. I got this broom that was sold out for all of 2020, but in 2021, I finally got it. And it was just like an Amish style broom that was just grass that was grown and cut. And I have given that for more gifts because, and people go, oh my gosh, I enjoy sweeping the floor because it's not this plastic thing. It's this like, it's, you have to try it to understand, but that you sweep with this broom and there's something so primal that happens, right? That you're like, oh, I'm really caring for my home. Reconnecting with simple things like that. And also acknowledging we don't ever lose anyone or anything, right? We're going to meet them again and again in other forms. And so when you re when you don't just believe that, but you under it's a it's an embodiment, those fears tend to fall away, right? Because we know that we are spiritual beings. And I know for for me, like the people that I lost or not lost, like their their body is gone, but man, do I have a support system on the other side mm -hmm. and being able to just feel into that, that space and, and know, and have that, that depth of connection and trust. I think it does really come back down to trust, trusting ourselves and trusting the universe. But I think in the, in the vein of business, it was very built in the form of scientific materialism of like, these are just KPIs, everything's very, you know, matter, very dense, work hard push. But now that we're opening ourselves up to this new light, that that's where we can really flourish. What do you see? Like, what would you love to have happen in the whole world of, of business? If you were to like wave a magic wand and, and transform the earth? Yeah, I, I love that question. And I think it's it's happening. It is happening, which is that this unstoppable divine feminine move from materialism moving into the heart in all, not just in the, you know, the herbal world or not just in the, in the crystal world, but in the everyday, you know, people who run energy companies, people who have tech companies, to see this ability to drop into the heart is what's needed to acknowledge, hey, you may have a different language than me when it comes to God or comes to spirit, and that's perfectly fine. But until we acknowledge that we are spiritual beings, we're not going to get anything right until we bring into wholeness the, the divine feminine and the divine masculine so I think, A, I'm excited because I feel like we're on the forefront of that. We are the pioneers of that and that it is happening. And also I have been through, you know, a long chapter where that just had, of seeing the consequences of that not being brought into wholeness. What are the consequences? I think we can just look around at, you know, at what the state the world is in, the level of divide that's happening, the level of you know, our detachment from our earth, right? From divine Sophia, as I would call her, or Isis, right? This complete disconnection from the elemental world, from ourselves. So our healthcare system, right? That really is not taking care of anyone's health. Let's be real, unless you need a surgery. So all of these systems are broken. Are, you can look at every system in the world and go, it's broken. And I would say it's broken because we are not acknowledging that we are spiritual beings. I agree with that. So if you could look at our educational system, right? That mm -hmm. is broken because we are not acknowledging the landing of the soul in a body from zero to seven, right? That's what happens from zero to seven. Then there's a whole other situation that happens from seven to 14. And so I think as we start to learn, because there is there is a science to spirituality. They're also known as like the perennial truths. So they're these truths that weave through all religions and methodologies. And if we can just tap back into that ancient wisdom and those ancient truths, there's a lot more wholeness that's available to us and a lot more power instead of force. Yeah. Like innate true power that comes from a higher vibration of love, of peace, of acceptance, rather than all the division that comes from all the lower vibratory emotions. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I, I always say like, we've seen the worst of capitalism and we've seen the worst of socialism. 
So I, my, my answer would be, you know, I, my, the rest of my life's work is really about gathering a tribe of people who want to see the highest of both, right? The highest of taking care of each other and the highest of building beautiful companies that, you know, do not neglect nature, but know that they are nature. Mm, I love that, that emergence and emergence that it's not, it's not an either or it's an and. Yeah. We don't have to choose. Tirza, I just, you just, every time you bring it. So I got to ask, like, what are your daily absolute non-negotiables to support you in, in deepening your connection? Man, I mean, with a uh, four-year-old, there are very few because everything gets, you know, the, it just, it goes up in the air. But I would say, one of the top things for me is I have really, I live in a place where there's no leaf blowers, there's no billboards, there's no, because I realized that in order to process really deeply, I need silence. I need a lot of quiet time. And I have a four and a half year old boy. So I would say my non-negotiables are that time of just like sitting with space, staring up at the stars, watching leaves fall. Um, and the other one I would say is like complete disconnection from, I don't own a TV. I don't have a, you know, any subscriptions to Netflix or anything like that. For me, I'm very protective of what I call like inner pictures. And so I try to be very mindful about the media that I consume, um, the time I spend. I try to really set those boundaries with social media. So when I wake up in the morning and it is, it, you know, it's, it's become more and more enmeshed in our lives. So I would say for the first hour, at least when I wake up, I don't touch my phone and same thing, you know, before bedtime. I love the fact that you're so protective of your mental imagery because that's how our subconscious mind speaks. And we are so, there are so many archetypal images that are used in media um, that definitely can pollute our minds from our connection to source. Um, and with that, what are the images that you like the trees, the leaves, nature, is that typically what you focus on or are you visioning also your, your wealth growth, your abundance, the legacy that you're living, leaving for your son? Like what, what do you like to fill your mind with picturing and imagining? That's such a good question. I, so there's some practices that I do that I work with that are very simple and very complicated, and they really help us to take control of our thoughts, right? Because our thoughts go wild and crazy. So I, I mean, to answer the question in a kind of more goal setting way, I do set my, you know, five year, one year, and I do those daily three, the day, you know, my top three that are moving me towards those for sure. But then I also, you know, I get something that we get into in VSB is about the human will and where we're at and how, how undeveloped the human will is in this epoch, right? So one exercise that I do every day, I try to do, and it is so, it sounds so simple, but try it. It is so complicated. It's so difficult to do, not complicated. So you pick a time. I pick 11, 11 every day. And you do something and it has to be something that has no meaning. So I make a triangle with my finger, like something, you know, you could have an earring and spin the earring at that exact time. You can't set an alarm every day and you will go days and weeks without ever hitting it. And you'll be like, oh, it's 10, 10, okay. Or 11, 10, and you'll miss it. It's the wild, you know, the dog will bark. Someone will get to the door. Something will happen. But over time, you can see your will coming. It's it's that higher I coming back online, right? That I am starts to build that. So it's an exercise that um, comes from actually the ancient mystery schools. And it is something that really builds a spiritual sense within. That is such an interesting exercise for tapping into the divine like will and mm -hmm. So you can't set an alarm to do it. Like you can't, alarm. it's not, you just have to know yeah. that it's there and know that that's what you'll be doing at that time. And then just 
as you go. Do you block out your calendar for that time to make oh. sure that no appointments? No. Okay. No. So you, you, you know, it's, it's usually something simple. You could be yeah. in a meeting and you can, you know, twirl your earring. Yeah. Someone might think I'm a little weird if I make a triangle, but who knows? <laughs> um, has it happened yet? So, it, and it's really that connection. See so in the morning you ask, okay, today at 11, 11, I want to do this. And it's that connection with whatever you call it, your higher self, your angel, God, your ancestor, whatever, whatever is meaningful mm-hmm. to you, but it is helping to establish that strength of the will and that connection. Brilliant. That's, I've never heard an exercise like that yet. So I love that one. Oh, well, if you try it, you'll have to let me know how it goes. I'm so- I will let, I will let you know for sure. I'm going to give it a go for the next month and we'll just, we'll, we'll test it. Yeah. Yeah. Test it and play. So I'd love to shift into a little bit of rapid fire. Sure. Awesome. Since I know you did this four years ago, I'm very curious as to how your answers may have changed or evolved. What, uh, who is your favorite character in a book or a movie and why? Mm, Parsifal, the Holy Grail, because it is like, ode to you know king arthur the knights templar chartra all the things that are so deeply i think rooted and meaningful and it's like the ultimate hero's journey Mm. what woman would you want to trade places with dead or well alive now or alive in her time Hmm. just for a day okay for a day i was gonna say nobody for a day um Mary Magdalene. I have the same answer. No way. Yes. Yes. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's wild. Yeah. What is your morning routine with a four-year-old? I mean, it's like <laughs> you laugh because you know it is, you know, really different every day. If my body needs to rest, I never set alarms. So if my body needs to rest. Um, then I lay in bed with him until he wakes me up. Um, and usually that happens about two days a week. Um, other days I wake up, you know, it's getting to be cool here now. So I light the fireplace and I just do my prayers and my, I start the day with that connection of like, how may I serve today? What is your evening routine to set you up for a successful morning? Very similar. Sometimes I fall asleep after (laughs) you're like, you're, you know, the end of the day, I'm also a single mama. So at the end of the day, times you're like bedtime story and we both go to bed and then there are other times I do the same thing I kind of you know reflect on the day and I you know will really read I, I love reading I love books read thousands and thousands of them and so I feel like just having that time even if I just read a few pages every night and you know and then sometimes like keeping it real I will care for my kitchen and I will put on you know some lecture or something and listen to that so I'm putting the house back together at the end of the day right mhm mhm yeah <laughs> cuz the mess is real with a 4 year old boy oh yeah for sure yes <laughs> <laughs> that energy is unstoppable it's amazing it it truly is and then i i mean with a i have a 6 and a 2 and so that combined it's just like one's a fire one's a metal and they just like light each other up and heat up the whole household love that so what do you define to be your queendom now mm, my community i think i've you hear about this servant-based leadership, like it's a tagline, but I would say I have had a major embodiment of what that actually means. And I would say my queendom, like I really wanted to step away from leadership for all the past three years until I really tapped into the heart space of like what it means to serve from leadership, what it means to serve people. What does it mean for you? really it's it's a level of putting aside the my own selfish wants and desires and you know us really getting to the place where i fulfilled most of those and am able to put them aside to really focus on others and um and that is the greatest honor and that is the greatest joy and lastly how do you crown yourself mm. You may have to edit this part. <laughs> um, 
do I crown myself? You know, it's, it, that's a hard question because I think I've had such this, like I work in the Christ stream. And so not to be confused with like a weird form of Christianity, but I really work mm-hmm. in the Christ stream. So I would say, how do I crown myself um, with his thorns? That's so beautiful. Like that's, yeah. How do we work with you? How do we build with you in this beautiful, feminine, divine way? Um, so you can definitely go to our website, which is the Venusian School of Business.com. And on Instagram, we're Venusian School of Business. And we have a free five-day workshop that you can sign up for. It will come to you in your inbox. And we also, yeah, have two master classes online. All of those links will be in the description below. Go there, check it out. Tirza is such a light in this world. I, she has been inspiring me for four years. And the last time I took her advice, it doubled my business and tripled my profits. So <laughs> plus also helped bring me into greater alignment with my purpose. So I highly, highly recommend working with her taking the master classes, enjoying and, and allowing yourself to go through the integration process and initiation process that comes with building and growing an aligned business. With that, my fellow sovereigns, own your throne, mind your business because your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and start creating a bigger impact now by sharing this with a friend. Just by doing that one simple act of kindness, you are creating a royal ripple to support more people in their sovereignty. And if you're not already following on social media, connect with me everywhere at crownyourself.now for more inspiration. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules. Because today, you crown yourself.